you're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Welcome to another incredible podcast that we've got for you today. I am in the studio uh, with Corey from Illinois. I'm going to let Corey introduce himself a little bit, give us a little history of who you are, and then we're going to just jump right into it. Yeah, so my name is Corey Musgrave. I've grown up in Fairfield, Illinois. It's a small town in, in southeastern Illinois. My family's been there a long time. My fifth great-grandfather came there, so I'm an eighth generation in that area, and a pastor of a great church in Fairfield, New Beginnings, I'm married, been married for 16 years, have five kids. Just excited to, to serve God in, in Illinois. And you're potentially about to serve God in a new capacity by serving people in a much larger role. Tell us about your political journey that you're on right now. So I was always probably one of those nerdy kids in high school and, and to just love to watch the news and watch the political scene even growing up. And in Illinois, they have an event called Boys State that is put on where you go to a university, you, you'd go to Eastern Illinois University and create a mock government and learn about civic government. It was after our junior year. I went to that and was just engaged. So I'm always, always interested, always trying to learn more. And a few years ago, there was a, a race in our local area where there was a man running to unseat an incumbent. I got involved in that in some capacity, and then uh, he won. And so I was very close to our current state representative and I got to know him, got to be kind of a part of uh, seeing the inner workings of what he does. Uh, he's not going to run for reelection this time. And so on July the 11th, I made an announcement that I'm running for state representative in the 109th district in Illinois. What does that look like? That's for those of us that maybe aren't as nerdy as you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what does that entail? Well, there's 118 members of the General Assembly in Illinois. And so to run for office, uh, I'm running in a district that is divided by population. So there's approximately 100,000 people that live in every representative district. So I am asking them to let me go to Springfield and to be their voice in government. And, you know, I don't know where all the listeners are from, or they're probably from all across, maybe even the world. But uh, some people, even in the United States, have kind of seen what a mess Illinois has been in financially, morally, across the board. And I just believe in serving the people and being a voice in that area. So when you're elected, we're just going to go ahead and say, all right. how, do you, how are you going to balance the tension between church and state? Well, you know, I've told people I don't believe in setting up a theocracy. Those things seem to end up very, very poorly. But I do believe our society has had a foundation somewhat of God. Now, have we always lived that out? Have we always? No, we have not always lived that out. But that foundation is still there. And while I don't believe in setting up a theocracy, I believe that some of our biblical principles still can have a powerful impact in government. Uh, I believe in limited government, so I don't believe in a, uh, a government that should sit up and just manage everyone's life a certain way. So to answer the question, no, I don't believe in, in making a theocracy, but I do believe biblical principles can help us make good decisions. So do you, do you have a campaign with this? Like, yeah. Oh. What's, what's, what, are, what are you running on as a campaign? So pro-life, uh, very, very pro-life, uh, pro-pension reform. You know, I don't know how much people are, but Illinois is in a horrible fiscal situation because we've sent lawmakers to Springfield to serve themselves instead of serve people. So there is a very lucrative pay and pension available to lawmakers. It's very tempting for me because I'm in my mid thirties 
and to work a few years and then be able to walk away with a pension guaranteed for the rest of my life. I mean, Hey, who wouldn't want that? Sign me up. Yeah. But I've already signed a pledge that says I won't take the pension because it's costing taxpayers too much money. Then I'm not going to be a part of that. We've got to have pension reform. We've got to have spending reform. We've got to cut back some of these government programs that we just don't need. Uh, Illinois credit rating is just one step above junk status. So that means when we sell bonds, we have to pay a much higher interest rate. And two reasons for that is the out of control pension spending and the unpaid bills, which is right now at $6 billion. So again, like I said, limited government, pro-life, and then fiscal reforms. So how, how, maybe this is a hot button and I shouldn't go here, but I'm going to oh, go how, ahead. how pro-life? Just well, babies or are we talking through the end of life? Well, it would be the, it would be across the board. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've adopted two children. I don't say that to pat myself on the back or, but I mean, I just believe if I say I'm pro-life, I believe in caring for people across the board. And I think the conversation needs to have with the unborn that we haven't done in Illinois is they can have the discussions. We can have discussions on policy about what to do for babies born, but I believe that child is a human being. And so if we frame the discussion under that, then I think it would go a different direction than what it has. So when we talk about Illinois, uh, mm -hmm. one of the things that obviously comes to my mind is gun violence. Uh -huh. Another hot button issue right now. Yeah. I imagine that the crime rate where you're at is significantly different from the northern part of Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, Illinois, Chicago area. How is how someone in a rural setting make provision and decisions based on, or is that part of, would that even be part of what you do as a representative? So, um, so you bring up a good point. The interesting thing with us is we are just in the rural areas of Illinois, we are outvoted by Chicago and it's caused a lot of tension. And so the reverse has kind of happened where Chicago is making decisions that really kind of affect the regional cityscape and the suburbs and the collar counties of Chicago, but they're wanting to put that statewide. They've done that with minimum wage. They've decided they were going to raise minimum wage to $15 across the state. That's going to absolutely kill some of the small businesses in the communities that I live in. Yeah. The, the guy that runs a grocery store that hires the kid after high school to come in and stock shelves. Do I believe people should be paid a fair wage? Absolutely. But that might be a regional issue in Chicago that they've made statewide. Again, I believe in limited government. I would be kind of a strong constitutionalist. I believe just what, the, what it says that I believe our first amendment is important or second or third, fourth, all of them are important. Yeah. So there's going to be people that are going to be like, you should have no business in politics or you should totally be in politics. Mm -hmm. How do you address the tension between those two types? Of, and, and believers, nonetheless, you have believers that say, oh, we need to swarm the government. And then we yeah. have believers that say, we shouldn't be anywhere near government. Like, how do you balance that tension as a pastor? You know, we had just, just got through with a great series of lectures here at Trinity and uh, uh, Dr. Ulrich, and it was just kind of the Pentecostals engagement in society, if I could just kind of generalize everything we talked about. And I think for a while, we've either abdicated or we weren't in a position to speak into those things. Maybe it was that we weren't in a position because the Pentecostal movement years ago, they probably, if I would have said, hey, I'm Pentecostal, I'm running for office, they might have laughed me off the stage. Today, that's not the case. You know, one thing Dr. Ulrich said is in the 20th century, Pentecostal change the face of the church. And that's true. You go into different types of churches and they've been influenced by the Pentecostal movement. Uh, he said, but in the 21st century, we can change the world through engagement. And my decision to run was probably the most agonizing decision I've ever made in my life. And it was, where is my voice going to be most effective? I've been engaged with some other things with pastors in the Chicago land wanting to speak into the different issues. 
I decided at this time it was most advantageous for me to run for office to be a voice in, in the government and try to bring it back from just the out of control corruption that is going on in Illinois. Good. Uh, probably one last question. You know, as ministers, we're, we're, there's a fine line between endorsing from the pulpit and just preaching mm-hmm. ethics and morals. Yeah. I mean, you, you didn't stand up on us. Maybe you did. I don't know. Stand up on a Sunday morning and say, vote for me. Like, how do you, no. how do you deal with that? As no. Well? So I shared with my congregation before I announced publicly, I thought that was only right. Right. I'm their pastor. There's yeah. someone they look to for direction. I didn't want them to pick up the Wayne County Press and read, I'm running for office. I didn't think that would be fair to them. Yeah. Uh, so the Sunday before July 11th, uh, after service, I just announced to them, said, hey, I have an announcement to make that I want you to know, I want you to hear from me. And I told them the reasons why I was running. I, t- I also promised them, I said, look, you're not going to hear an election sermon when you come here every week, but I want you to know the reasons why I'm running and that I'm still your pastor now, that the board is, is all, they're on with this, they're good with this, they're excited about it. And they stood up and gave me a standing ovation after I made that announcement. Uh, with pastors, just might be listening to this, the Johnson Amendment didn't take place until 1954, which is an interesting thing. LBJ was running for Senate in Texas, and pastors were standing up and really just from the pulpit, just railing him. And so he put this into place. Before that, it was not uncommon for pastors to stand up and give election sermons. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with that. Vote for Garrett. Yeah, for this. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I would feel comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. But I do believe we've, we've it's kind of like we've talked we talk about pendulums a lot and different things. I think the pendulum swung too far the other way where we've just been silent on a lot of issues yeah. and, and a lot of things. And we have a powerful voice. The church has a powerful voice that can speak into some of these issues. Where I draw a hard line is transferring money. Like yeah. I believe churches should not be funding political campaigns. Yeah. There's tax reasons with that and just some I think it can breed too much corruption. So I would not be in favor of that. But you know, I guess I would say to the guy, they, they've got it. How far they take it, what they say from the pulpit, they should pray about it and think about it. Maybe look at a historical perspective from it and, and think about it. That's, that's good. If you so, want to say vote for me, I would say, yeah, that's all right. I can say vote for <laughs> that's right. Illinois, vote, man. Yeah. Vote early and vote, 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 early, often. vote, vote often. Yeah. yeah. Let's not do the opposite. So if there are somebody listening uh-huh. uh, that's like, man, I kind of got an itch for politics. I don't know about this. And they just need to express their thoughts or have questions. Can they connect with you on some level? Yeah, absolutely. You can call my cell at 618-599-6035. And email address is Corey at CoreyMusgrave.com. Perfect. Excellent. Thanks for sharing this. I hope, I hope that this inspires somebody that might be on the edge or even if it's just, I was a, a city commissioner for a while. And so small town politics, I get that to get in and get influence and but just right. to get involved and serve is just a great way. So um, thanks for the conversation. We appreciate it and best of luck. All right. Thank you.